Do not adjust your tracking. You are now listening to the VHS Saturday podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of VHS Saturday, the show where we discuss the strange and unusual, odd and obscure VHS tapes that we obtain through thrift, gift, and grift. My name is Henry. And I'm Allison. And this week, we are on another week of Doggist. We took last week off for various reasons, and uh, we're back. With, again. Yes. <laughs> or bark again. I don't know. That, oh ter- that was terrible. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Henry had finals last week and it was pretty crazy. So we just did not have the time to record. So apologies for that. But um, we are continuing with Doggist. So here we are this week. We are discussing the sub sub genre of dog movie. Magic, Magic dogs. super dogs, basically dogs that have uh, some sort of life altering super super power, power of some sort. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we were going to do like a boy and his dog, but that genre is way too vast because that's actually the majority of dog movies, even ones that fall under sports dog and cop dog. They, they all actually kind of are a boy and his dog. Yeah, and I'm not going to lie, a lot of the like pure boy and his dog movies are just really sad. Yeah, okay, so here's the thing, right? Uh, Alice and I are both cat people. Mm -hmm. And I know I mentioned it before, but even growing up, I saw these dog movies and I was like, why would I want to watch that? I was like, fuck these dog movies. And this uh, this experiment has like solidified to me. Fuck these dog movies, but I just got to ask all the dog people that love these dog movies. Why? (laughs) Because people see dog and they're like, yay, dog. No, I get that. But why does a dog always got to die? Yeah, so a dog always gets shot. He dies Mm -hmm. or almost dies or anything like it's like. Can we just like love the dog, please? Like, can we just love the fucking dog? Yeah, that's a really common thing that like as we've taken this journey, we've noticed that like that's the number one trope. Yeah. And I mean, we're all aware of that website, like does the dog die or something where like you can look up a movie and see one, is there a dog in it? And two, is the dog going to be okay? Because we're all we probably all went through it where as kids or something growing up watching movies, adults were like, OK, let's get the dog movie for the kids. And inevitably, the dog gets hurt or dies or and something it traumatizes bad. a kid. Yeah. And they just kept cranking these fucking movies out. So now like that kind of like conditioned us where we're like prepared in advance we're like okay is there a dog in the movie like i remember when i was looking up information on k9 and some of the like google like auto fill in like results was like does the dog die in k9 mm-hmm. and it's like really we're all desperate to know is the dog okay and the answer most of the time is no most of the time the dog is not okay and if the disney movie there's a chance it really wasn't okay Let's oh be fucking God, real. Jesus like. Christ. Yeah. Does a dog die in the movie? 
And if it's a Disney movie, does the dog die in real life because it's fucking Disney and people still love Disney for some godly reason? <laughs> so the thing about like Disney dog movies is like one of the parents is dead. And so the dog becomes like a oh, replacement yeah. for all, the it's, parent. It's always a dead parent, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even just, oh, we're divorced. No, the parent's dead. Yeah. Someone's dead. Uh, speaking of dogs replacing dead parents, yeah, so this it. week we're focusing specifically on two movies because we felt these two movies encompassed like the sub sub genre of magic dog. Just no. kind of like, well, it's because we thought the magic dog genre was much grander than it was, but, uh, no, no, it's not. And, uh, it turns out to be, even less grand than what we thought based well, off of to clarify the magic dog genre really kind of took off post VHS. It did. You it, can it find is a, thing. a lot of like more magic dog movies in like the DVD era. Yeah. In terms of VH. And I think that's where we got confused. Right. Because in like more. when we were like uh, teenagers and adults, the uh, genre of dog movies has shifted from sports dogs into um, Magic dogs. Yeah, or like dogs just kind of doing things that dogs should not do, even beyond sports. And I mean, you know, we can mostly focus on the buddies movies because they are there's so many of them. They just kind of dilute the whole dog movie genre in like the DVD era anyway. And those dogs do everything. But it's mostly like, you know, things that dogs can't normally do. Like going to space or, uh, you know, surviving in the snow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a thing. Yeah. We talked about that last episode. Uh, moving right along. Yeah. So, so magic we... dogs, magic dogs. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. So we got the magic dogs. We got my magic dog. Yeah, right. classic. I feel like a lot of just bad movie fans are yeah. aware of Familiar My Magic with this Dog. One. Yeah, it uh, it had a charm to it. Yeah. And then we're also going to be discussing a movie that I picked up on VHS. I don't remember where the fuck I got this. I feel like we got it at a thrift store well, or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we picked up this, this VHS in the year 2020 slash 2021 at a thrift store. Yes, Allison, tell me more about that. Wow, okay. Uh, yeah, we found it. We obtained it through Thrift Gift or Grift somehow. Somehow. One of those. <laughs> As we do. And uh, uh, it's called Daniel and the Super Dogs. And uh, I was assuming we were going to get like a Wonder Dog-esque kind yeah, of scenario. Like yeah. a, a super dog. Uh, but and like we, that movie was like the ultimate fucking bait and switch yeah, because got, it uh, is nothing like we expected. We I would say there's nothing super about these dogs well, at all. Well, we'll find we'll, when we discuss it, we'll find out why it's called Daniel and the Super Dogs. Yeah. Now, if you're Canadian, you might know what we're talking about yeah. when we say Daniel and the Super Dogs. But I'm American and uh, I never heard of this shit. Right. So. What, should, what were we going to talk about? What should we talk about first? We talk about My Magic Dog. I think My Magic Dog has been covered a lot. 
Right. So we can just kind of like we'll, we'll run through it real quick, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So my magic dog, it's very, very low budget, very hokey. Um, you know what you're getting into when you get it. If you've seen this like my invisible dad movie and stuff that's by the same guy. Yeah. Or my invisible mom. Yeah, remember um in the uh I think it was the magic bubble episode, we talked about how for Mother's Day we were going to cover oh, um, Invisible Mom. But uh we got 45 the, the minutes <laughs> into it. Of, we got 45 minutes into My Invisible Mom, and the mom was very visible still. Yeah, <laughs> like, she wasn't even invisible yet. And so we were like, fuck this. So we watched My ma- um, my Magic Bubble. <laughs> we, watched, <laughs> we watched Magic Bubble instead. And I'm so glad we watched that because yeah, that, was, that uh, movie was solid. insane. <laughs> but uh. um, yeah, so like we discussed the like invisible blank universe that yeah. like this one guy just like <laughs> discovered this trick where he could just make shit look invisible and decided I'm gonna make a whole bunch of fucking movies like that. Bless him. <laughs> so so uh, he also created this fucking my magic dog which also goes by my ghost dog. There's right. kind of like I don't know if it's like A-B testing like why. Right, right. But um Basically, the story is that, like, there's this kid who has, there's a boy and his dog. And his mom dies. Of course. And he's with his stepdad. So his his biological dad is dead, too. Or just, I mean, it must be because there's a custody battle. Between, between him his, and his, his, but between the stepdad and the aunt. Yeah. And, like, it must, the dad must have died fairly early on because this is a stepdad, but this kid and his dad have a very much a not a stepdad kind of bond. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. he's very much treated like, no, I'm fighting for custody of my son. Right. And, you know, it reminds me of like my my relationship a bit with my stepdad, who's been there since I was like a year old, where mm-hmm. it's like, as far as I'm fucking concerned, he's my dad. Right. You know, so um, it's one of those scenarios where like and so the mom is dead and it's been two years and they they're looking for the. Uh, will and testament. I don't know why I waited two years. Yeah, the story <laughs> is kind of like ridiculous. Like uh, they find the will in this box in the garage, and they open it by like hitting it with a baseball bat instead of picking the lock or just yeah the lock. Because or... I don't know, there's some kind of like the kid is getting some kind of inheritance. It's some yeah, the kid's getting some kind of inheritance, and um. The mom, I'm assuming, had discussed it with the dad, but like, you know, it's not legally binding without paperwork. Yeah. Right? Or like they knew that the papers were somewhere, they, but yeah. they couldn't find them. So then they do find them. And then the aunt shows up and the aunt's trying to get custody and she knows she needs that will and testament. So she hires. She wants the inheritance. She doesn't even really care about the kid. Right. She's, she's like very Cruella de Vil kind of woman. Yes. Like she her acting is so fucking hokey. And I could tell time. that the uh, that the director was like. Ham it up more. Yeah. More. Margaret. I don't know if her name is Margaret. Margaret. <laughs> more cheesy. We, this is a children's film. We need to really drill it in. You're the bad guy. You know, kids are stupid. <laughs> like, so, I mean, it's a fairly enjoyable film. If like you're into like, like if you have the right expectation, it's enjoyable. It's one. It's definitely so bad. It's good. It's just over the top with how fucking stupid it is. And right. like, it doesn't take itself too serious. Yeah. And honestly, when I'm watching a movie about a fucking magic dog, yeah, I don't want it to take itself seriously. Right. And so and that's why it makes it enjoyable, because it's like, OK, 
they're in on the joke. Yeah, except from the camera angles, they were like wacky and stuff. It's like, OK, they weren't taking this seriously either. So the fact that it's bad is fine. Yeah. You know, so basically like this kid, um, he had he moves in. They just moved into a new place and he's really into, he's really into magic. Yeah. And like he has a dog and uh, Lucky and like who's not so lucky. Lucky gets hit by a car and literally like dies in Toby's arms. <laughs> but then Lucky comes back to life as like, I guess, like an invisible dog that like only Toby can see him. But like he can interact with things in the real world, like he can pick up things. And, and stuff yeah. Like so, so he's almost like an invisible dog and not like a ghost dog. Yeah. Yeah, he's more like because when I was remembering this movie, I thought, thought it was it called, called my invisible, invisible dog. dog. Yeah, mostly because there's you know invisible dad, invisible mom, and all that shit. There was an invisible dog in Invisible Dad because the you dad... got that mixed up. You're, <laughs> yeah. like, you're like, no, no, the dog was invisible because it's the scientist. I was like, no, no, yeah, no, no. That's... The dad, the invisible dad, was a scientist, and he was testing out his invisibility potion on the dog, and then the dog was invisible for just like a short while. So then the dad knows it works and then he drinks a potion and becomes the invisible dad and then hilarity ensues and that's the rest of the movie. But like with my magic dog, the dog is invisible, but he's like a ghost, I guess, because he's dead. And so like Toby has these like bullies uh, and the aunt like hires the bullies, the bullies to like break into the house to try to find the paperwork yeah the way she put she's like the gray box <laughs> she says it like that i don't know why just hamming ham i i dare i say canadian bacon because i don't remember the rest of the movie after that okay so they um they the end up getting it. it yeah they end up getting the will um and then like Basically, the whole rest of the movie is just invisible dog shenanigans where, like, basically Toby uses the dog to kind of, like, terrorize the bullies until they get scared and don't want to fuck with him anymore. And then, like, the then the aunt at some point towards the end, like, forges the documents mm -hmm. and she tries to get, like, the legal team involved. And then the there's, like, a, a one cop who's who's in this... The entire movie, it's like one cop. Every time they need a cop, it's the same guy. Oh, he yeah, just and he's looks... got his, like, spirit Halloween, like, cop costume. And he just kind of looks dumbfounded the whole time. He's like, well, I usually just do traffic tickets. <laughs> 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 this is a bit above my jurisdiction. It's like Bulk and Skull in the Police Academy. Oh, gosh. <laughs> we were watching Power Rangers Zio last night. Good times. Yeah, it was really good. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, and then... We get uh, towards the end of the movie. The aunt is going to get away with it. Yeah, they like go to Toby's house to basically like take him away and from then, his dad, like the lawyer and the cop come and everything. And then like all of a sudden, like here comes the box floating. Mm -hmm. It's the magic dog, Lucky. And he's just like, here it is. And everyone just accepts that there's this floating box. Yeah. And then like, oh, all right. Well, here's the documents. Here's the real will. 
So uh, we're we're arresting the ant for forgery and uh, whatever. Yeah, and uh, we forgot to mention that Lucky talks. Right. This is a talking dog movie, and we all know Henry is very not fond of talking dog movies. Look, there's not enough peanut butter on the roof of their mouth in the world to make a talking dog movie good to me. Like, Funny story, I remember when I was a kid, my dad, when he got his first, like, video camera, he was, like, a, a tech guy, and so he always wanted, like, you know, the newest, coolest thing. And uh, we got this, like, big, one of those really big, like, over-the-shoulder VHS cameras, and we would just make stupid home movies together as a family. And, like, we had a dog, um, a golden lab named Sue, and we would, like, he showed us the trick where, like, we would put peanut butter on, like, a Ritz cracker and feed it to her, and then he would, like, film film her chewing it, and then we would, like, superimpose, like, voices over it like she was talking. And then, what do you know, there were people at that same time who did that with a higher budget. And made a fucking career out of it. made a fucking career out of it. I think it was, like, because it was, like, you know, the fucking late 90s or whatever, we probably just made her say, like, Yo Quiero Taco Bell or some shit. (laughs) But, um... Oh, man. I remember Raymond had uh, a a plush doll of the fucking dog from the Taco Bell commercials. Yeah. And now he's got a annoying ass palm she just yeah. fucking checks out. Like, <laughs> fucking hate Raymond's Dude, dog. And then remember uh, like Beverly Hills Chihuahua. That was a dog movie. I that did. We I, haven't discussed. Yet. I saw that movie in theaters. I told you about that. That's going to be a big oof for me, dog. D-A-W-G dog. Well, I had my reasons of seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. Because on the Internet. Apparently, at some point, Amy Jo Johnson from Power Rangers was supposed to be a voice actress in there. (laughs) So I went to go see Amy Jo Johnson, and uh, I guess I didn't get the memo that she didn't make the cut. Oh. Or, like, it might have just been a rumor. But, you know, so I watched that movie, but also my ex was also, like, really into, like, dog movies. Oh, God. Sounds so, like a great match for you. So like it was me, her, her sister, also very into dogs. And I think Raymond came with, again, very into dogs. And yeah. our friend Mike, very into dogs. Wow, you all went to see this movie. It was like a, like a, like, you know, like a group thing. Just, that, was yeah. our, that was our squad. It was just very like at the time, I feel like Beverly Hills Chihuahua was this like amalgamation of like the fucking you had like Paris Hilton, Beverly Hills, her little purse dog, her little Chihuahua, Tinkerbell, who like, I mean, I know that because I'm obsessed with Paris Hilton. But then there's like the Taco Bell dog, Chihuahua. And someone was just like, let's make a movie where we kind of like combine these two. Cultural icons and uh that spawned like a whole ass franchise so you know that's interesting i haven't seen any of them but the way you described it to me that's what it sounds like the first one wasn't bad i haven't seen any other one oh you know what i'll say it right now beverly hills chihuahua is the least annoying talking dog movie i've ever seen really 
I thought, like, I never saw it personally because I thought it looked dumb as fuck. It is. Because I just remember all of the advertisements were just showing the scene where they were all singing the the Chihuahua song. Chihuahua. Uh, I forgot that existed. (laughs) And I was like, that looks fucking ridiculous. It is. It very much is. I'm not saying it's a good movie at all. Okay, but it's... It is better than any other talking dog movie. You like it better than my magic dog? Yes. Okay. Interesting. Now, when it comes to, like, other dog movies, you know, um, like, Hachi is top dog for me. (laughs) Top dog. Because that movie actually made me cry. Wow. I've definitely cried from dog movies before, and that's why I was so skeptical. Hachi's a real story. Yeah. Like, it's, it's based on a real... If you've seen the uh, the dog episode of Futurama, oh God. Hachi is the real deal. Hachi is an American adaption of the Japanese story of Hachiko, which is a dog where that whole entire scenario happened just like in a Futurama episode, except it wasn't about time travel. The guy died. So like, you know, the Futurama episode is based on the story of Hachiko. And so is Hachi. Where the dog was just waiting for the owner and he just never came. Yeah. Yeah, so like you can actually go. There's like a statue of Hachiko in the in Japan at the train station where he was waiting for ages for his owner to come. Can we just have like a happy fucking dog story? Right. I swear, like Jesus Christ. Right. You know what? I think they're doing that now. Like now that I think about like, it, like um, the secret life of pets and shit like that. Yeah. You know why? Because we got to involve cats. Once cats get involved. <laughs> It's like, we can't do this. We got to be like, we got to make this uh, not so sad. Okay. There's a name. Someone message us a sad cat movie. I'll fucking wait. Like Milo and Otis. That's a, that's got dogs. Yeah. And a cat. Right. So like message me a story that's just about cats and it's sad. It doesn't exist. Hmm. It's not out there because hmm. cat movies just aren't out there. Because we talked about it before, like, why did why are dog movies a thing? Because people like to see dogs doing human things. Why are cat movies not a thing? Well, because we like to see cats doing cat things. And that doesn't that doesn't uh, bode well for telling a narrative. So I guess if we're talking about cats and dogs together, of course, there's the movie Cats and Dogs. Right. I don't know if that was on VHS. It I think was, that yeah. was 2006. So no, it was, it, like, was, it was way before 2006. I was really? Like, I was in junior high. No way. Yeah. 2001. Yeah. Oh, Junior wow. high. Yep. Like, yeah. Okay. I never saw Cats and Dogs because it also looks really fucking stupid. It really is. Um, Slapstick spy humor. Right. You know, that's what they're going for. Mm-hmm. Joe John Lovitz is in it. Toby Maguire. Alec Baldwin. Yeah, dude. Sean Hayes. Charlton Heston? Mm-hmm. Jeff Goldblum? Yeah, dude. Okay, you know. Released on July 4th, 2000. Yeah, the ads are saying the fireworks begin July 4th. Who wow. are you going to root for? Team Cat. Like, Team Cat, 100%. All the, all the way. They're the bad guys, too, and that's how I am with a lot of movies. But yeah, the bad guys. <laughs> the Decepticons are better than the Autobots. Oh Cobra God. is better than G.I. Joe. Cats are better than dogs. That's how... That's, We'll go off on tangent forever. Team Rocket. <laughs> but like fucking um, 
Homeward Bound. We haven't really talked about Homeward Bound, but that's another like um, I feel dog and there's movie like Shiloh. There's all these sad ass dog movies. They're mm-hmm. also fucking sad. What is with you dog people wanting to watch sad fucking movies about your fucking dog? I don't know, but it's like it is true that like every single dog movie that we've watched, we've covered this entire month. Every single one we've talked about a dog gets hurt or killed like like the, either the dog dies or in the case of canine we get a bait and switch where you think the dog is dead and right. it's like jk he's alive yeah and that's kind of what happened in my magic dog because lucky does come back as a ghost but he's and, still a dead dog yeah but he when he comes like it's not like lucky was able to talk to toby when he was alive he got this power after he came back as a ghost. So you're saying it works out in, in his favor that his dog died. Well, I guess because then like when the time comes that like at the end of the movie, Lucky basically says that like, OK, I served my purpose. It's time for me to go. Now I and gotta so, go to heaven. Yeah. And Toby was able to like give him a proper goodbye when like, you know, his death before was really like sudden and tragic and you know that's the whole reason why death is so hard for us in general as humans because we rarely ever expect it um so you don't get to like really give a proper goodbye so i think that the kind of ending is sort of bothers me because it's like you know what like what lesson are you teaching children there's no lesson there you know it's like oh don't be sad if your dog died he'll just come back as a ghost and then help you win your custody battle and then (laughs) once that's been fulfilled why do so many of these dogs also involve courts that's so (laughs) true there's always some kind of even fun- dogs and lawyers no no because even daniel and the super dogs which we'll get into oh later God. had a fucking court scene in it Airbud had a court scene in it they all have some kind of like legal battle. there's like some kind of legal battle some kind of death dog, every single the, one like if there's a dog movie there's two things you can count on <laughs> that one of the dogs is gonna die and then there's a lawyer involved. Oh my somehow. god. Jesus Christ, it's so true. So, I mean, that's basically my magic dog. Yeah. Um, everything that happens in between the story points we mentioned is just slapstick. You know, like, oh, the And dog- it's enjoyable. It's it's, it's yeah. like if, especially if like you like kids' movies, you know, it's you're not expecting anything amazing with this. If you have kids and they like dogs and you want and they want to see a dog movie and you want to show them one that like isn't super sad or like you know yeah. i think my magic dog it's, is a perfectly it's good not movie sad. to show a child it's definitely not sad no it's more it's definitely a comedy film and like sure there's all this like stupid legal battle shit and whatever but that will generally gloss over their heads like i think there's enough to keep kids entertained at really any age um so i i'm not mad at my magic dog i actually like it i think it's it's for what it is it's so bad it's good and i think that when it comes to like a magical dog 
genre. Like if we're talking about all the like super dog movies, this is what I want them to be. Yeah, you yeah, know, sure. I want them to be silly. I want them to not take themselves too seriously. Just be like stupid slapstick. That's what we expect. So then we get into movies like Daniel and the Super Dogs. Yep. Where we went in expecting a movie like My Magic Dog. We expected a super dog. Slapstick, magic powers, uh, stuff like that. And it was absolutely nothing along those lines. So so magic. So Daniel and the Super Dogs, it starts out with Daniel's got a dead mom because you know, it's a dog movie. So before we get into that, I want to kind of take our listeners on the journey that we went through. Right, right. Um, when watching this. So the cover shows two kids, a boy and a girl, maybe around 11 years old. And then there's a couple dogs with bandanas on them that say super dog based on the world famous super dog extravaganza. And it's a silly font. Um, it looks, it looks silly. It says, 11-year-old Daniel has been rocked by the sudden death of his mother. Isolated and devastated, Daniel gets little comfort from his workaholic father and seeks support from his two friends, Colin and William. Together, the boys decide to train a dog for the upcoming Super Dogs competition that has come to town. But with his father forbidding Daniel from seeing his mischievous buddies, the three boys will have their work cut out to transform the lovable pooch into a winner. Join Daniel and the Superdogs in this feel-good movie about overcoming adversity with the help of true friends and a loving and cuddly canine. Uh, no, wrong. So this description, what they described here, is literally like, like 15 minutes of the entire right. movie. If that. That's being really generous. So like the box also shows like, um, we see Daniel, and then we see, uh, the girl that's not his girlfriend. <laughs> He's uh, very adamant that we understand she's not his girlfriend. Guaranteed superior quality. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. The bottom of the box. The bottom of the box is guaranteed superior quality. False. <laughs> I just this Wrong. movie. This movie is a hundred and five minutes, and yeah. it felt way longer than that, dude. Didn't I feel like we had to stretch this movie over like two days? We did, and we watched so parts of it in like one point five speed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it still felt like it took forever. Like this movie was, you guys, goddamn. Like, so you remember how like uh, Daddy? When we watched Daddy, we were expecting like uh, you know maybe like some kind of softcore porno or something, and we ended up getting this like fucking melodrama <laughs> i feel like daniel and the super dogs is that same exact kind of movie right because we're well not that we're expecting softcore porn with daniel and his super dogs but i was expecting something like my magic dog i was expecting like wonder dog it shows these dogs with these like fucking handkerchiefs around their necks and say super dog yeah and like and they talk about like oh we gotta take this um this mangy mutt and turn him into a a super dog. A super dog. So I was like, okay, a dog's doing tricks. That I'm like, the dog probably doesn't have superpowers, but I'm guessing that like, you know, they're they're training this dog 
to do tricks or some kind of competition, maybe. I don't know. But that is true that they do try to train a dog. However, that is such a minor fraction of everything else that happens in the movie. So, let's see. The movie starts, Daniel's dad is uh, a single workaholic parent. Yes, the mom just recently died, very recently. And the mom had been doing something with, like, training super dogs at the kennel, which is also the super dog arena. Now, if you don't know what the super dogs are, which we didn't go into this, super dogs is a very specific dog show. In real life. That's a Yeah, it's a real dog show that's been running for now around 40 years when this movie was made like 20 something years yeah and it is your typical kind of dog show and this movie was made because somebody had access to film the super dog show that was happening in canada at the time right like I believe it's in Quebec. Quebec. It is French Canadian. Yeah. Like there's a lot of French names in the credits. And uh, this movie was made for TV on filmed on the CBC. Mm -hmm. And. um, But the super dogs weren't into credits. So like it's not like the super dogs paid for this movie. Somebody just had like approached the super dogs. It was like, hey, uh, when you're over in, in Quebec. Can we film and make a movie? What I think happened is that like Quebec, like Canada, definitely like they have a budget and it's in their laws that if they produce film and distribute it, there's a certain percentage of the movie that has to represent Canada or be oh, inherently yeah. Canadian. We've, we've discussed that. Yeah. So like um, I... Normally in like America, if something say like a movie got made about some kind of big event, usually the event would like pay to have that movie made as advertisement. But in Canada, it's a little different that there's this super dog competition happening in Montreal or somewhere in Quebec, whatever. And uh, the Canadian government sees that like this is a tourist attraction and it benefits us to make more people aware of this as a way to like interest people in coming to Canada, experiencing what Canada has to offer. So it's like, yeah, the super dogs weren't like, hey, we've got this event. It's really cool. Let's make a movie. It's more like Canada is like, let's use this to really show what Canada is all about and what Canada has to offer. It, it's so funny because it's like, it's like the laws. It needs two minutes. <laughs> yeah. You, <laughs> you really don't need much. And, uh, you need two minutes. Maybe and that's why there's only like two minutes of the actual super competition. Oh my God. <laughs> and the rest is just Oh like my God. You are right. Melodrama. So like, yeah. So, um, if you're familiar with SCTV and you're familiar with the movie, you know, Strange Brew, uh, the the skit from SCTV that became Strange Brew, where it's like 
super stereotypical of Canada. I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is entirely based out of like the law where they're going, your show needs to represent Canada. Right. What do you want us to do? Drink fucking beer, wear toques, and talk about sledding and hockey? Yes. That <laughs> yeah. sounds fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, fine. We'll make a fucking SNL style skit out of making fun of, you know, Canadian stereotypes. And then that that was popular. I think that's a fucking movie. That's actually pretty damn funny. And uh, yeah. I was really stoked when I got that on VHS. Mm-hmm. I remember finding it at the store and I was like, Henry, yeah, because I've been looking. I was, for this. I was talking. I was like, man, I want to find. I want to watch Strange Brew, yeah. but it's not on streaming anywhere. And then, like the later that week, we're at Goodwill. And we're like, weren't you looking for Strange Brew? I'm like, oh shit, there yeah. it is. Because we also discussed how, like, um, you watch a movie or a TV show that's Canadian, and like, even if they don't explicitly state, like, you can Canadian, tell, you, you can, can tell. Yeah. And so we were trying to quantify, like, what exactly is it that makes something feel Canadian. And I think that was something that we kind of failed to realize or like fully take into account is that like Canadian media purposely tries to differentiate itself in that way. But like they do it in such a subtle way. Yes. See, I, I don't know. How- Our cultures really aren't that different. Yeah. It's very subtle. It's super, super subtle. Like it's really hard for me to like think about like how much of it is on purpose because like I don't think it's part of the like, you know, the Canadian law because it is. No, I don't think it is because it's a subtle thing. So the subtleness is us just being very aware and adapt at pinpointing that um, versus like, you know, because like Canada wants it to be overtly Canadian as with the law. But we're talking about the subtle Canadianness that we can identify, mm. mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, I think that actually you, you nailed it. Like, why is there so even though this movie is based upon the concept of the super dogs and it's sold on these concept of the super dogs to say right now. We barely see any super dogs. Yeah, so. The the thing about the super dogs is. There's, you know, they have this big arena where they have all of these, uh, you know, like jumps, like things for the dogs to jump over and run through. And it's and also a kennel. Yeah, and well, they, like, we'll get into the kennel, but like the... This movie doesn't make sense. They show the dogs that there's like a bunch of different dogs and they're all competing in this like show, but some of the dogs are really not good. So it's like, I don't know if there's any criteria to become a super dog that like, oh, you have to get a certain score or like anything like that. I think it's just a name that it's like the just these dogs are the super dogs and there's nothing particularly super about them. Like there's this one dog that's like a bulldog and it's always like it can never do the jumps. It can never go as fast. And like, you know, it cuts to all the people in the audience laughing when like the dog you know, goes to jump over the the things and, like, actually jumps through them and everyone laughs. And so I'm like, how is that dog a super dog? He doesn't seem very super to me. He can't. He's just part of the super dog show. Yeah. So there's this kennel, and uh, it was kind of confusing. Like, what I think, they never outright explained, but the way that I interpreted it was this. So... Daniel, the main boy of the movie, his mom 
used to work at the local kennel that was owned by her best friend. And at the kennel, they would, you know, like, hold on to dogs and take care of dogs. But, like, some of those dogs would compete in the Super Dogs show. So, like, they were just very involved in the local dog community, I guess. She ran this local kennel in the small town. And uh, so, like, they had the family dog that they had was a Borzoi, which is, we had to look it up because we were like, what kind of fucking dog is this? Because it looks insane. It's Russian. He's yeah. a Russian dog. He He's is a, a Borzoi. Borzoi. <laughs> because we, we saw the type of name. We're like, what the fuck kind of dog name is Borzoi? And then we, we find out it's Russian. We're like, don't that make sense? Borzoi. And we yeah. started, started like, repeating back to each other in a Russian accent. Because at first we like we looked it up. What kind of dog is that? And we saw it in text. B-O-R-Z-O-I. And we're like, how the fuck do you pronounce that? And you were jokingly like, I don't know, Borzoi. And we're like, no, that's not it. That can't be it. And then we look it up. And it was like, oh, wait, no, that is not <laughs> So, it's this really ugly fucking dog. It's got a really skinny long, long face. face. Yeah. And then this like everything's big long. Body. <laughs> everything's long. And they just look really scared all the time. And like <laughs> I don't know, but they so, they have this Borzoi named um Wolf. And um the kids skateboard and home. I got things to say about the skateboarding in this movie. Yeah. Uh, so this kid's skateboarding home. Everyone's With wearing his like friends. Him and his friends are all wearing like Hurley. Oh my god. And Volcom. Yeah. So this movie was in 2004, and like the, I have never seen such like 2004 fashion. These in These kids entire dressed life. like how I did in 2001. Same. So it's like you know, you know how it is. It's like it's like America. You know, Canada today or America ten years ago, and that's. <laughs> that's our canadian listeners hate us dude i have a lot of canadian friends i love canada i went to canada once it was or twice i liked it It it's nice i've been to canada before yeah so uh but no uh that's actually an mst3k reference what i said oh america today canada canada I, I always say Canadian um, because it's of like the Candida because of Bobby's world. Um, oh, my God. Fox kids. Damn. Canadians, because like, I guess uh, they were Canadian. The show that became like a plot point hmm. anyway. So <laughs> their dog, the Borzoi, their skateboarding homies like, where is Wolfie? Like, I don't know. I thought it was with you. And we know the dad is now a single dad because he's pull, pulling out a of grocery bag full of stofers. Yeah, he but, like drops the the grocery bag on the floor and, and all it's the nothing like, but TV dinners because yeah. he's a single workaholic dad and the mom's dead because the dog movie. So Yeah. So, and it's just like, well, I never learned how to cook. I just had my wife do it all the time. No. <laughs> I can no. cook. Yes, you can. You make a mean steak. You make a great steak. You make a great steak when you're drunk at 11 p.m. That's true. <laughs> like last night. <laughs> it was last night. I, I mean, like, I can cook other things. Yes, you're I, a good cook. I can I can sustain myself. Now, I do like it when you cook for me. Like, I like yeah. cooking for you, too. I, I'm just very busy. So, yeah. like, people think I can't cook because I eat, like, really simple meals a lot of times where I like, I like, I like Soylent and Huel because it's so 
time efficient. You eat to sustain yourself. Yeah. And like, that's literally it. That's why you're not a picky eater. You're just like, <laughs> I understand that my body requires sustenance to function. This and is so fuel. Yeah. So you're just like, I'm just going to eat this, whatever. I'm just going to find something and keep going. Yeah. Whereas I'm like, no, I've got to craft a fucking meal. I got to have. I like, can appreciate a good meal though. Yes. Like, I, It's <laughs> yeah. not one of those things where like people think I don't have a palate. It's like, no. No, you definitely like food. I, I definitely have a palate. I can definitely enjoy food. But like, I also enjoy time yeah. <laughs> more time to play video games and, and read wikipedia articles you you have a finite amount of time you have an infinite amount of access to food if you live in a first world country mm-hmm. therefore i'm going to prioritize my time over my food very smart but speaking of Wikipedia articles, I just want to take a second to mention that neither of the movies that we watched this week have a Wikipedia article. Yes. So this is real fucking obscure, folks. This is super obscure. This is some weird. <laughs> super. Okay, Ma- My Magic Dog has been covered on YouTube before, but Super Dog Daniel I is not. I have never heard of this movie at all. Ever. This movie is also still shrink wrapped. Yeah. It's a... Uh... So, like, the thing is, is, like, so Wolf, the Borzoi, would compete in the Superdog show. And apparently it was a very good Superdog. Wasn't very good? Was good. Was a good dog. But ever since the mom died, Wolf has been very depressed. So both Daniel and Wolf have been having a really hard time. I'm sure the dad is technically, too, I'm hoping. But he just, you know, he has to worry about cooking now, and it's really hard for him. It's so. really hard for him to hit. <laughs> Hit three zero zero on the microwave. Yeah, because we see him like burn a fucking frozen pizza or something later in the movie, and it's like, really, dude, you can't fucking set a timer. Like, come on. So I mean, my mom doesn't. I yell, I go one off on when I was with my parents. I left one off my mom all the time. Like, why the fuck didn't you just set a goddamn timer? It's (laughs) on the fucking stove. It's right there next to the temperature. Set the fucking timer. (laughs) It's part of the fucking stove. I had one of those like meat thermometers where like you could set a temperature and you could keep it in the meat and then hang it outside the oven. So like as soon as your chicken hit 165 or whatever, it was like done. Amazing. I loved it. It's great. Yeah. But anyway, this fucking movie. So, so like, the, 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 the dog, the Borzoi, uh, it likes to go and crawl onto the dead mom's grave it's super fucking sad like, this is the opening out scene the like the dog keeps running away to and, go to the grave yeah and so like you know the they're de- like oh have you seen wolf no i haven't seen wolf they so know then, exactly where to go so daniel's like yeah i know where to go he goes to the grave and finds wolf there and is like damn it wolf like, this is hard for me, too, but you've got to stop running away. And so the dad's idea of fixing this is to give the dog to the kennel. Yeah. Instead of, like, you know, being there for the dog together. Like, this is, you, to me, this would be all in this together. Like, you know. We're all sad about this. It's like, like yes. It's like, it's like, this dog, that, that was the dog's mom, too. Right. So. Yeah. But that, nah, like, wolf, fuck it. That, like, you know. It's I wouldn't exactly call it a boy and his dog story because the it's not like it's not a boy and his dog story because the dog gets taken dog away. Wasn't, Wolf wasn't really Daniel's dog. Wolf was the mom's dog. Right. And like 
So Wolf is really fucking sad. And like Daniel's sad, but he expresses it in different ways because he's like a tween age boy. But like, so yeah, the dad is like, oh, we can't have Wolf running away all the time. So we're just going to bring Wolf to the kennel and basically just like give up the dog. Yeah, 100%. And so then like almost immediately, the kennel like finds a new owner for Wolf and then like Wolf gets taken away and it's like then Wolf runs away like that same escapes, time. Yeah. And so it's like, how fucking awful is that dad? Because from what we can see, the grave is relatively close to their house. If I'm not mistaken, Daniel just like rides his fucking yeah. skateboard over there. Yeah. So it's like, what's the big deal if Wolf keeps going there? Like, it's sad, but is that a reason that like this it's like, poor dude, it's boy, like your dog knows what happened. Your and, dog is yeah. understanding the concept of death. And your 11 year old son is also mourning and very sad and taking this very hard. And it's like, you're going to take away his dog, too. Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with yeah. you? That's awful. Yeah. Right off the bat, we we're just like, what the fuck kind of logic is this? Yeah. This makes like no treating sense. Treating this your family dog like disposable? Like what the fuck? It's like, well, this is annoying. Like I know. And it's like Just keep the dog locked up inside then. Yeah. My cat doesn't leave the house. Yeah. I it's not that fucking hard to keep your dog inside. Yeah. Or like, you know, if you're gonna put them outside, like put them on a leash or something. Like what well, the fuck? I, when I had dogs, they just you take them outside to use the bathroom. That's why I don't like dogs. You know, like, yeah, fucking like <laughs> my cat's gotta use the bathroom. It waits inside the toilet when I'm taking a poop sometimes. And it's like, <laughs> oh, tag in, tag out, like fucking, you know. Yeah. Shit, man. Like it doesn't make any fucking sense, like, why he did that. So right off the bat, we're kind of like, I'm not liking where this is going. <laughs> I'm not liking so, this. So then, like the kid, uh, the Daniel, he's got his Asian friend and his fat friend. Mm -hmm. His fat friend's a fucking poser. Um, okay. <laughs> they all wear like they're all wearing like Hurley and Volcom and like these baggy ass clothes, like skater clothes. One of them was wearing like a sh was a jacket and then said '66 on it. I was like, that's either from Kmart. I was like, that's Kmart Route '66. They're like, yeah. I was like. Or it's Vans, which yeah. is like they put 66 on everything. And we're like, you know what? They're skating. They're all wearing name brand skating stuff mm -hmm. with Hurley and Volcom. I was like, it would make sense for them to be wearing Vans. Yeah, I feel like the costume department just like went to their local mall and they just went to like Zoomies, Zoomies, PacSun, Vans. And they just were like, all right, this is what's in. Yeah. Here's your drip, children. It was really funny. <laughs> you remember, was it yesterday? I said, like, oh, my swag. God. I was like, oh, yeah, swag. And then you were like, I believe the kids now call oh, it cause, drip. Because I, I got a new outfit. And you're like, you're like, like, yeah, that, that outfit's got swag. I was like, the term now is drip. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Please help me not I, talk like a boomer. <laughs> I, I work with I'm the old person at work. <laughs> <laughs> I work with nothing but Zoomers. Uh, I know what fashion is in. And um, I'm it feels so weird to me because I feel like I'm not in fashion because I feel very set in my like style. Yet all my coworkers say I have style. I think you're stylish and you're very stupid to think that you're not. And like, I don't follow. I'm wearing skinny jeans, which are now out. <laughs> 
Like Vans doesn't make skinny jeans anymore. I bought as many as I could before we dis- when we discontinued them. <laughs> I bought as many. Dude, kids wear such baggy jeans now. They wear these like Junko is making another trying to make another come. So oh Junko God. has been trying to make a comeback for like literally the last 10 years with a big push starting 2015. And now they're actually starting to actually grab like get a threshold on their comeback. Yeah, fashion now is like straight up. Like grunge. Yeah, we talked about this. I call it Goodwill grunge. Like you go to an Urban Outfitters and it literally just looks like a Goodwill, but everything is like fifty dollars. Yeah, we went to Urban Outfitters yesterday. Yeah, I just wanted to go to Spirit Halloween, but and I used to love Urban Outfitters when I was a bit of a fucking hipster in my twenties. And uh, it's our prime demographic. It it, it is hipsters in their twenties, and Mm -hmm. like you know. And so it's funny when people called me a hipster, like my friend Melanie would call me a hipster in my late 20s. And I was like, I'm not a hipster. So you are. I was like, no, because like hipsters now are doing this and this and this. This is when I knew I had like fallen out of that demographic because I was set in my style. um, This like goth emo kind of thing, you know, and I was like, that's not the hipster look anymore. Was that in like the 2010s, like when hipster was all about like, flannel handlebar mustaches and like (laughs) exactly like (laughs) all the kids that went from being seen and emo to like oh i gotta get a job (laughs) so they they became they became uh hipsters where it's like you know it's marge it's it's slightly more marketable yeah that's what fucking happened it's so true (laughs) and that's exactly what fucking happened because i that was me yeah and then when i got out of the air force and stuff and i was able to like just go to do whatever style i want to I like devolved back to just going. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to be this emo. I'm going to do my own thing. Like this goth punk emo look, just whatever. Like I just wear what I like. And yeah, it's all kind of dark and spiky. And uh, I think we all kind of go through a phase where it's like when you're a young adult, like you kind of cringe at who you were as a teenager. And so you kind of like want to do something else. You differentiate from it. Yeah. But then like, once your brain fully develops around like 25 and you're like, you know, you look back and you're like, I'm not being me anymore. Right. Why did I stop doing that? And then you kind of like go back. You learn how to be who you are without the cringe. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so, or you just accept your cringe or you, you just accept it and you're like, you know, fuck it. Yeah, it's, I'm it's cringe w- and that's based one or the one or the other. And it's like, you know, it's like, you know, I remember I, where I was trying to distance myself from the whole goth thing and you know, skating and stuff like that. You know, I was like, well, you know what? That is what I am. That's that's the style I've always liked and been attracted to. And I just am going to do what I do. And now I have many more years of knowledge and other things to base off of it. And so what ends up happening is you have a more curated taste because it's like all the adults that were in bands that you were trying to imitate in your 20 in your in your teen teen years (laughs) but you didn't have the budget right you didn't have the budget to (laughs) and you didn't exactly have the all the knowledge or fortitude to fully pull it off right but now you have those things you have the same access to things that they had because they were in their like 20s and 30s all those band members you know and now Mm -hmm. that's where you're at in life (laughs) so now you can have that like nice solid goth look and it's so funny that like zoomers now like teens now because of how the internet is those kids have the same access that we have now so they're not getting that they don't have that cringe phase like when i see like modern like 
emo teenagers. They look like how emo models look mm. and not like how we looked wearing Vader Zim hoodies and trip pants. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, and also just like online shopping. Yeah. They it's a, have such a, it's, a much wider. It's so easy to steal his look. Like, yes, just, exactly. Because especially with the way influencer culture is, it's like, here's my fit. Here's where I got it from. Yes. Click my link. Click my affiliate link. For 20% <laughs> off or whatever. Yeah. No, absolutely. I remember back then it was like I had to use my mom's credit card yep. to like go on eBay or something. And like it would take two weeks to show up. And it was like twenty five dollars for one T-shirt and twenty five dollars in 2004 money was a lot more than it is now. Well, actually, no, it's the other way around. Twenty four dollars in 2004 money is worth more now than because of inflation. <laughs> Well, I mean that it as was a teenager, like, as a teenager, yeah, it's yeah. a four, yeah, yeah. So it was like you know, I I didn't have an allowance, so for me it was either. like if I had money, it was very very rare, and so it was like this is my one fucking T-shirt I can get, you know. Um, all right. Uh, anyways. <laughs> So this movie sucks. This is how we just <laughs> went off on this whole sidebar. It's so oh so. Then uh, the kid gets that makes him get rid of it. Then he and his friends meet up. We got we have uh, Asian and fat, and we go to meet them up with each other at school, and we learn more about it. And we meet girl. Girl is what's her name? Claire. Girl is volunteering at the kennel also. Well, I think the girl is the daughter of the woman who owns the kennel, who is Daniel's mom's best friend. Because originally we thought, is the woman who owns the kennel like Daniel's mom's sister? But then that would make them cousins, which would make their relationship really weird. So Maybe not in Canada. <laughs> oh my like, God. <laughs> I don't know where it lies in Canada. Like, this movie took place in Kentucky. I'd be like, that's not I weird. I just wish but... they could take like two seconds to just kind of explain their relationship. You know, that's all I want to know. We just get a flashback. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I don't know. It's like, like okay, so there is something with the mom and the lady who runs the arena slash kennel. Mm-hmm. And the arena slash kennel doesn't make any fucking sense. Like. Like people can, they sell the dogs yeah. that are also the super dogs, mm-hmm. but people can also trade in their dogs. Yeah, like it's Game like a St- fucking GameStop <laughs> dogs. I don't see because here we were thinking that like there was something special about the super dogs, right? The like, name super denotes that there's something special about them. Absolutely. So it's like, okay, what what makes for a super dog? They can do cool tricks. Maybe they're purebred. They're strong. They're fast. No, literally a super dog is just any dog that comes into this kennel because apparently if someone comes in and they're like, hey, I want to buy one of these super dogs. They're just like, okay. That's cool. Yeah, because we see this happen. And then like, if you're just like, I don't want my dog anymore. Like, all right. And then they train to become a super dog. Like, I don't. I don't fucking get it. It at doesn't all. make sense. Because then we see like there's this one dog, the dog that's in the middle of the the cover, the Jack Russell Terrier. Right, right. Like um, he's not very well trained. 
Like he starts it off like during this. So wait, we we'll, we'll get there. So let me. Let, okay. Let, let's continue. So so then we meet fat and Asian. Uh, those are Daniel Daniel's friends, and we meet girl who, as we just discussed, is um, she works at. We're the not going to refer to them as fat Asian and girl. Yes, we are. We that's, do that in every fucking movie we talk about. That's what we're gonna. That's what we're, we're gonna have to do. We can't be fucked to remember character names. We're just like, yeah, that's uh, that's fat, that's Asian, that's girl. Okay. So, so we are like the worst movie review podcast. No, no, ever. because other movie review podcasts do the same fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt so relieved I started listening to podcasts like oh my god I'm not the only one that just does that with movies <laughs> I I felt so relieved I was like, like I was like oh I'm normal <laughs> so so fat Asian and girl are like you know it, and then there's other girl um other girl. there's tall girl who is uh friends with girl and they were talking about how Daniel's been all fucked up since his mom's been gone. Oh, that scene in the restaurant? Yeah. They're with other girls that, like, girl has her friends, her group of friends who are girls, but we don't really, we only see them in, like, that one scene, yeah, whereas, a- like, Daniel and his friends. Right. I would say the majority of the movie focuses around, like, the shenanigans that they get into. Right, because Fat is very much into pulling pranks. He's a troublemaker. Right. So, um... Daniel and his friends, they are all meeting up to see the Super Dog Show. Yeah. And I don't know if they get free tickets. Or Daniel's what. got the tickets. They're like, where the fuck is Daniel? He's got the tickets. Right, right. So Daniel, she's like, I'm right behind you, fat. And like, you know, he's like, I'm right behind you, fat. And um, because he overheard them talking shit about, Dan- about him. They're like, where the fuck is he? Mm. And they didn't say fuck, but you know, you get the point. Anyway. So, so then I go watch the Super Dog Show, and um, this is essentially shooting the rodeo. If you're not familiar with the term "shoot the rodeo," it means when there is a real-world live event, and you film it for a movie. It's different from B-roll, where you're filming stuff for the movie that might or might not be related. You are basing your movie around the concept of this one chance you have to shoot this thing, and. So we are assuming everybody that was in the audience at the Super Dog Show signed off some kind of fucking waiver when they bought their fucking ticket that yes. said they were going to be in a movie for the CBC. Yeah, they definitely play it up. Yeah. And so then we see the Super Dog Show. That's when we see the Jack Russell Terrier being stupid and he runs off. And then um, he goes to comfort Daniel because Daniel's Daniel gets sad. sad. Being at the Super Dog show, knowing, you know, that was like what he and his mom would do together. And so he just kind of like sneaks off to some uh, area, some somewhere. like some hallway. Yeah. To just kind of sit and brood by himself. And, and the- then the Jack Russell Terrier follows him. And then, oh, the dog's name is Gypsy. We'll just call him the Jack Russell Terrier. <laughs> so the Jack Russell Terrier follows him and sits with him. And then, uh, you know. They go to find the Jack Russell Terrier and they see and they're like, oh, no, he knows Daniel's sad. Oh, my God. Um, He seems to have some kind of connection with Daniel. He likes Daniel. Um, So I was thinking where this is going to go is like 
you know, the back of the box explains that they're going to raise the super dog. He's going to train this dog. But like, we don't fucking see that for like 40 more minutes. Because his dad's like, you can't have another dog. Yeah. So you know what happens when you get a dog? It gets stabbed at your mom. And it, goes it, runs, on the... it runs half a mile down the street and sits on your mom's grave. And that's unacceptable for some reason. <laughs> oh my god. So like, uh, what fucking yeah, so the rest of the movie just focuses on because like, there's all also of this there's bullshit. also a Russian neighbor. There's there's or he's Polish, Polish or something. Well, and um he's like some the kids think he's creepy. I feel like this is they a call common him Dracula and stuff. Like, yeah, because he has some like, you know, like Eastern European kind of name. And but he's got like uh he's, he's got like old. a Jeep. He's got like this old fancy looking car. He's got also got he also drives by in a Jeep with suicide doors. So like <laughs> I don't fucking know why they're called him Dracula. I think it's a um, it's a common trope in kids movies about like the creepy, mysterious neighbor, you know, that like uh, you remember like Harriet the Spy, how that was basically the whole concept of the movie is like this girl um, becoming very interested in the lives of her neighbors and like watching them and observing them. I mean, like, she's like in New York City. It's a bit different. It is different. But I think that's kind of like a similar concept here is that they have this one neighbor who's like an old guy that they're just kind of, they don't know anything about him, but they just think he's kind of weird. And so they're like literally sitting in the bushes outside With his house With binoculars that they him. found at the, at the thrift? Yeah, so or at a fucking garage sale, he finds uh the fat kid finds this uh uh old school binoculars like telescope thing and uh they're watching him through the bushes and like the old guy's totally aware of this. Like yeah. he sees them. Cuz he talks to the dad about it. Mhm. He sees them in like literally the rearview mirror of his car as he's in his driveway. Because they're not sneaky at all. Right. And so he just laughs about it. He's like, oh, they think I'm weird, whatever. And like, there's this whole subplot. I'm wondering where this is going to go. But like, it just kind of stops. Yeah, yeah, there's like so much of it just just goes nowhere. That like, um, that whole arc, from what I can remember, is like they're creeped out by the neighbor. They pull a prank on him where they put this like, uh, I don't know, like science classroom fucking skeleton like on the back of his car and he doesn't know about it and he's driving around with it and they're like, haha, that's really funny. Um, and I believe the, the shenanigans kids, are not good at all. No, the kids get punished for that, if I'm not mistaken. They have to paint his fence, remember? Um, but no, then it was Yeah, they like they get in trouble for it, so they have to like paint his fence, and then like one day Daniel's watching TV and he sees the old guy on TV being interviewed that I guess he was like some war veteran yeah. or something in like, again, like the air force or something. He was like doing stuff with planes and Daniel thought it was cool. And it's like, wow, maybe he's not so creepy. And like, that's literally it. And then they just don't revisit that character or anything ever again. And then there's like, um, there's a thing all the time where like he, he tries to get to bring the Jack Russell Terrier home. The dad's like, no. 
Uh, and he's just like helping raise it at the kennel. He starts working at the kennel, right? Mm-hmm. And the dad's like, I appreciate what you're trying to do for Daniel, but he's this is not the time for him to have another dog. So he like goes off on like the dead mom's best friend. Yeah. Um, and there's a part where uh they're doing something with there's the old lady. Old lady. That's whose barn they fucked up. Oh, um, the uh the grandma. Was that the was that the grandma? Because they he, the dad called her Mrs. Fucking Longbottom or something. Like I <laughs> Yeah, don't... yeah, yeah. So we forgot to mention there's an old lady who is You uh, could tell how fucking convoluted this bullshit movie is. <laughs> uh Daniel's mom's best friend who owns the kennel. Her mother, who God is the grandmother it. to the girl that Daniel has a crush on. Uh, the the girl who looks like Carrie Fisher with braces. Daniel's brother's mother's father's uncle's cousin's <laughs> nephew's roommate. Well, <sighs> yeah, like, uh, I don't know if it's her bar. I just know that it was. Like, it was because they went and were fucking around with doing something, and then they found a tractor and they were fucking around with the tractor, and then they saw bats, mm-hmm. and then they run off and they knock something over and they collapse the entire like barn, barn mm-hmm. on itself and then they uh, get in trouble fat was like we aren't gonna tell anybody about this and the daniel's like no i'm a pussy i'm gonna tell my dad <laughs> i'm gonna <laughs> narc <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna narc on myself so he tells and his dad's like you broke mrs longbottom's fucking <laughs> barn like and like so that's how i know like it was like Okay. Yeah, because he's. I remember he said Mrs. Mm-hmm. Something or other. Like, yeah. And uh, that's the point where, like, his dad says, "You're not allowed well, to see your friends anymore right, because you're just being trouble bad." Like Daniel himself, he's not a bad kid. I don't even think his friends are bad kids. Like, fat is a poser. He mall grabs a skateboard for the record. I'm just- <laughs> yeah, Henry had to take me down this fucking rabbit hole where he explained what ma- mall grabbing was to me. So that was interesting. <laughs> And we know Fat never actually rode a skateboard. He was <laughs> the prop department handed Fat Kid a skateboard and was like, here you go, hold this. And he, <laughs> he fucking ball grabs it like a fucking poser. Oh my God. So, so he's not allowed to see his friends anymore because he's just getting in too much trouble. Daniel himself isn't bad. He's just kind of along for the ride. I mean, we see that like Fat Kid, who I don't think is a bad kid either. No, he's just a prankster. But he doesn't want to get caught for what happened with the barn. So, like, Daniel's like, yo, I'm going to say it was us. Like, we should be honest about this, you know? And Fat Kid's like, you're a traitor, all this stuff. And so, you know, of course, Daniel admits guilt and he still gets in trouble. But his dad decides it's a good idea to, like, send him to stay with his grandparents for, like, the weekend or fucking spring break or whatever it is like for some amount of time that's undisclosed at some point we see the borzoi just wandering about the fucking woods meandering doing whatever yeah this is like the b story of the whole movie is that like as this plot like everything we've mentioned is going on we see we mentioned earlier that wolf had escaped from his new home he got he got bought by somebody that was uh also another borzoi yeah and literally like put them in this tiny like 
six by three like gated area. I think that was supposed to be temporary because like they drop off the Borzoi and you're like, okay, yeah, we'll put it here right now it, to get it introduced to this other fucking Borzoi. They went inside the house to do paperwork together. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, just going to leave this dog, this strange dog with my other dog like they, and lock them in a fucking cage together like, and just hope they get along. Right? Like, it's like, that's not how dogs work, guys. <laughs> yeah, they're Borzoids. Whatever. Let them sniff fighting. each other's asses first. Like, see how it works. There's like out. one dog house that I assume yeah. they have to share. And it's like, dude. They don't know each other. And it was like overcast too, so it was shit weather because it's fucking Canada. And it was just like, it was just bad. I'm like, wouldn't this, like, the woman who owns the kennel be like, hey, maybe we should, uh... Bring the dogs inside! Or like, you know, let's properly introduce them or something. But no, it's like, here you go. Yeah, just, here's your new friend. We're gonna go away now and unsupervise you. (laughs) Jesus fuck. Well, Wolf had the right idea. Yeah, he's like, Wolf oh, wasn't happy. He's like, nah. And like literally dug a hole under the fence and escaped. And then um, some some Polish guy bought the Jack Russell Terrier. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, throughout the movie, we see Wolf is kind of just like walking, walking, walking. At one point, he woods. gets shot at for some reason. Yeah, he's like walking through the woods and some hunter shoots at him. And it's like, why? But why know. would the hunt? Like, first of all, wh- how did the Canadian get a gun? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Second of all, why is he shooting a dog? Yeah. It's like, don't you bring dogs hunting? You bring dogs hunting. So it's like, wouldn't you just assume that's like someone- another hunter's dog? Yeah, why would you shoot? Why him? would you shoot? Like, <laughs> that's how you get into a fucking fight. Like, like, why would you shoot my dog? Like, why you would shot you shut my dog? <laughs> <laughs> you kick my dog. <laughs> why would you shoot the dog? It makes no sense. It doesn't yeah. look like a fucking deer. It's literally just like. Hey, we gotta we gotta have a dog shot at. It's a dog movie. This is just part of yeah, the quota. It's it's a checklist. <laughs> the dog's gotta get shot. Yeah, fucking hell. It's a dog movie. It's how it works. So like, I assume like they don't really tell you where Wolf is going, but you assume that Wolf is coming back home. So you're just kind of like waiting for that to happen. Right. And uh, so eventually, um, there's a lot of back and forth about like. You know, we see bonding between Daniel and girl and um, Daniel's very adamant that she is not his girlfriend. They're very like tween about it where it's like, ew, I don't like her. She's not my girlfriend. Ew, I don't like him. He's not my boyfriend. And but everybody all the adults are like, like, oh, I think you like him. I think you like him. Yeah. Like, no, I don't. So so then fat and Asian hatch a plan to hang out with Daniel. You know, they're not allowed to, so they dress and drag. Yeah. Little, little odd. Little unusual. Why? I don't. So they could hang out with their friend. Instead but of just... they're only there for like three minutes. Daniel likes wearing skirts. They're very freeing. And any excuse he can come up with to. Daniel wear... wasn't wearing a skirt. That's it, Daniel. Fat likes wearing skirts. They're very <laughs> freeing. And, you know. Because, hey, you know, because Fat was very adamant that he calls them ladies, mm. even when they were like oh, by themselves. They're like, ahem. He's like, sorry, ladies. Like, 
Daniel tried to just play, talk to them like they're normal. And then. So like Fat was just straight up role playing. <laughs> yes. Like he was very into his role. <laughs> he was like, I am a lady and you will address me as such. I think Asian did also. I feel like Asian just kind of goes along with whatever Fat does. Yeah. He kind of interjects as the voice of reason sometimes, but like he always gets like um, over, you know, whether like whatever, dude. And he's just like, because, okay. yeah, that's the prankster. He's the one that cooks up all the fucking shit. Yeah. So at some point, Daniel's really butthurt about like everything. And so he lets all the dogs at the kennel loose and girl and girl's mom are like, oh, no, all the dogs. And same thing with the Mrs. Longbottom. Like they're all just like <laughs> we're just we're just making up our own fucking names. I, I'm sticking with Miss <laughs> Longbottom. I don't fucking know her name. <laughs> I've been calling her Miss Longbottom the whole time. I'm like four beers in. So, so this is my third. So Ms. Longbottom girl and girl's mom. Are all like trying to get all the dogs. Yeah. Cause they they all they've all been like let loose and Because Daniel's pissed off at this point. I mean, he's had he's lost his mom, he lost Wolf, and now he lost Jack Russell Terrier. Yeah, because the dad's like, no, you can't have the Jack Russell Terrier. And the Jack Russell Terrier got sold to Polish guy. Yeah. And so it was like he was just like, and he's not allowed to see his friends anymore. Mm-hmm. He has nothing. And he's pissed off. And he got, he's got a girl that whole time. He could have just been like, hey, girl. But he was a tween. And so that doesn't make sense to me, because as a teen tween, I. I like people and I knew I liked people. But did you do anything about it? I OK, so. <laughs> tween Henry time. All right, let's go. My first girlfriend was named Nikki. Mm-hmm. I'm still friends with Nikki to this day. Okay. Nikki and I would talk at school. We were boyfriend and girlfriend. Fifth grade. We knew we were boyfriend. We call each other boyfriend and girlfriend. We want to be boyfriend and girlfriend. Nikki stayed the night at my house in fifth grade. Wow. Granted, it was a birthday party. I had a Huge co-ed birthday party, but it's my 11th birthday. Okay. I invited, like, everybody in the class. It was a huge fucking party, so I can get as many presents as possible. <laughs> and uh, it was a sleepover. And my uh, Dude, I gotta give it to my mom. Like, she made, like, pancakes and, like, yeah. sausage for everybody. Like, a <laughs> lot of kids stayed the night. Like, uh, we had a lot of kids. It was a crazy, like... You know what? Like, I was the token girl in my friend group, and my mom knew that. So, like, she was totally cool with me having sleepovers with my guy friends, mm-hmm. and they would all come over and, like, yeah. just crash on the couch and shit. But, like, we had, it was, like, 20-something fucking kids. It was, like... Wow. Yeah, it was, like, 20-something fucking kids. You had 30. a rager. I did. And <laughs> so, like, I became friends with uh, my friend, my friend Tressa. I became friends with her the next year, sixth grade. And then, like, she was a popular girl. In like fifth grade, mm. and people were like, "Hey, you going to Henry's party?" She's like, "Who the fuck is Henry?" Because she was in a different, she had a different teacher than I in fifth grade. Okay, and she's like, "Who the fuck is she?" And her and some of the other people I became friends with the next year because I was, you know, teacher shift every year, right? You right. know, they were like, "Yeah, dude." Last year, people were like, "Are you going to Henry's party?" And they didn't know who the fuck I was, and they're like, 
who who is this kid who's throwing this huge ass party that everyone's fucking going to and why the fuck wasn't I invited <laughs> damn Henry so you know I liked people and I knew I liked people and I had people that liked me we liked each other. We knew we liked each other. We and like, you, you were open with each other about that. Yeah. There wasn't this game. There wasn't this, were girls denial. are gross. That was never a fucking thing. I feel like that's like behavior that like really young kids do. Like I'm talking like under 10. Yeah. Or like, you know, like I think like seven year olds. Who right. Are like, oh, girls. Bleh. To me, well, I never had that phase because I hung out with girls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hung out with like. All kinds of fucking, like, I've always just got along with everybody. Well, maybe that's what it is, though. Because I think about, like, so I always hung out with guys. All of my friends were guys. I had some girlfriends, but, like, when I was older, more, like, in high school and stuff. Right, right. And so, like, for me, I never really developed many close friendships with girls. So, like... When I got older and I realized I was like kind of partially gay, I was like, mm, I don't know how to go about this. I don't know what to do. And I think it's because I just didn't really have a lot of practice just like interacting with women in that way. So I don't know if like that's what it is, is because he just he had friends that were boys and so he just kind of assumed talking to girls or liking girls was like a gay yeah, or, or something that was difficult or something you it know? makes no sense to me it makes no sense i can just say from experience like talking with girls is hard if you like them it's hard i'm aware <laughs> it's very difficult there. i'm just saying <laughs> like you know but like why is she in denial Usually, girls will, like, mature faster than boys, and they're much more, like, if a girl likes a boy, especially, like, a young girl, they know it, and they're very aware of it. Where, like, a boy, I could see a boy being oblivious and, like, not understanding that a girl likes him. But, Mm -hmm. like, if a girl were to express interest, I don't think they would be, like, ew, gross. They would be, like, oh... This is see in in male girl likes me. Yeah, like wow, this is incredible. Uh, Society has told me this is what I want. Especially if girl, if you like girl too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like maybe it's because they're family friends. Like they thought, like like they've grown they they've grown up around each other. That they're just like more like family or something. Like like they just grow up around each other, and it's it's like yeah, that's girl. Yeah, that's that's Daniel, and then it's like it's like. Wait. Oh, that's you... girl. Uh, oh, that's Daniel. Yeah, it's, it's like, uh, yeah, it's girl, and that's Daniel. Yeah, you just do your thing, and it's like, no, I don't, I don't like Daniel. I've known Daniel for, like, ever, and I've never had any kind of feelings towards Daniel, and Daniel's like, I've known girls since I was, like, seven when my mom started working with the super dogs, and I've never felt anything towards her before. So, no, I don't like girl, like, that makes no fucking sense. I've yeah. been. Like, I don't know. I'm trying I, I, to I, understand. I, I, I think it kind of makes sense in this scenario because it's like 
it's something that's grown. They've been around each other. You brought up a good point. They've been around each other. So maybe not exactly like family, but in a sense, it's like. I didn't have feelings for her before. Yeah. So like, why now? Because a lot of times when you're younger, crushes are instantaneous. Yes. Like and you, totally illogical. They're totally illogical, almost always superficial. That you're just like, wow, that boy has really nice hair. And so like you are attracted to them. <laughs> Like, Even though you don't know anything about nothing. them. Oh my god, when I was a kid, I swear, like, there was this one kid that I was, like, totally in love with, obsessed with. Apparently, he's a Let's Player on YouTube now and has over a million subs. I was like, wow, that's crazy. But no, for real, like, I, I, I was, like, absolutely in love with this kid. I didn't even know anything about him. And I never told him. To this day, I don't even think he knows. He knows now. <laughs> he knows now. <laughs> I guess. Maybe. <laughs> but like, oh my God, it was ridiculous. It was like my friend um, that I hung out with a lot, her neighborhood was close to his neighborhood. And she was like, oh yeah, check it out. That's his house right there. I was like, it's like creepy obsession. Like, but why? Why? Can I explain it? absolutely not there's a lot like i ran i did that kind of thing a lot where like i would like really fall for something like why you're just like infatuated yeah that's all it is and when you're a kid it's not even like sexual or anything it's just pure like you just you're just wow this person is so like i'm just very interested in them but yeah i would get fucking choked up i couldn't talk to him i was like mm, like no so never, never knew, never said it. Not even as a teenager, like joked, oh my God, you wouldn't believe it. I was like totally obsessed with you in like third grade. I can't admit that. Are you shitting me? But like, that was like third grade. You know, I was what, like nine years old? Yeah. By the time you're 11, like, I was like making out in movie theaters for the first time when I was 11. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> 11? Yeah. No, no, that's way too early for that. Maybe like 11, 12. I think I was in like 6th or 7th grade. Well, 7th grade, you're 12 going 13. Okay, 6th grade. My first boyfriend. Like the first boy I ever like kissed. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I feel like by by 11, you're past, you're past that stage. You're definitely past that stage. I told girls that I liked them. Yeah. So like, we would go to like the skating rink and stuff on like every yes. friday and stuff yeah like that. me and like, too <laughs> so like you know it was uh very much like i had a girlfriend we mm -hmm. broke up that summer between fifth and sixth grade um she's in my retro gaming group wow like i said i'm still friends with her to this day when i posted a smash bros for sale she's like i just need to know if this is the same one that we played growing up <laughs> i was like yeah she's like this is the one from your party and i was like yeah like People still talk about that party? Yeah! Damn, babe, you have a fucking rager. Can you imagine being like a 10, 11 years old? No, and like that's go amazing. And like staying at another, like, like yeah. And like a co-ed sleepover party? Yeah. Like, yeah. Sick. Like, people that went to that party are, they, they still, like... <laughs> It wasn't it was like their first big baby's first big party. It wasn't even a crazy party. We played like Smash Bros and like Dude, that's how I partied until I was like 19. Like 
I'm just saying, like, it wasn't even that crazy of a party, but it was just the fact that, like, we had a sleepover yeah. at, like, in, like, fifth fucking grade. Like, a lot of parents will not let you do that. Oh, there's there's that. And then there was also, like, um, there was, uh, there was one parent that was, like, I wasn't sure if it was a typo. And they're, like, no, it's fine. Like, they're, like, Henry's always had, like, a lot of girlfriends and different rooms were staying up with them. And parents like, okay. And like, yeah. And it was just like, yeah, I've, I've always had a lot of like, like girlfriends. I just always have, always have. Like, I grew up with three sisters and like, yeah. you know, and mm-hmm. so. For sure. Explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I just remember it was like, you know, if my mom didn't let me have co ed sleepovers, I just wouldn't have sleepovers. So it was like, and, you know, I'm the only girl in this group of a bunch of guys. So it's like, yeah, you know. I came, came out with my friend Keelan eventually. And like when we were a, a bit older, she was like 12 or 13. And like she was sleeping over with us and stuff like that. Because me, Raymond, Chase, Kyle, it was a bunch of guys and, and Keelan. And like I liked like Keelan. And then I guess she liked me. But like we didn't really. I made a parent. I liked her. She was a few years younger. So mm-hmm. she was like, I don't know how to process this. Right. Much like this movie. So But they're the same age. There's no excuse. It's like, why are you guys weird? Right. Why are so, you weird about this? So Daniel lets the dogs out. Who let the dogs out? Daniel let the dogs <laughs> out. So Daniel lets the dogs out. And then Lassie gets fucking ran over by a car. <laughs> yeah. And what are those dogs called? I, it's Lassie. They're Lassie. <laughs> Lassie gets ran over by a fucking Lassie car. Dogs. Lassie gets ran by a fucking car. And then that guy's like, I'm sorry. She ran in the road. I didn't mean to. And so girl holds it against Daniel. She's like, this is Daniel's fault because we know he's the one that let the dogs out because he's the only one that had access to all the dogs besides us. To be fair, I feel her pain, man. 100%. I would feel the same way. If someone let Fitzy out, Oh I God. live right on a Dude, very busy. I got so road. mad at Raymond when he let when my my, my phobic got yeah. fill out. That like if Fitzy, if someone let Fitzy out when I was at home and she got hit by a car, I would absolutely resent that. Person. I like the fact that I'm so fortunate that when Raymond accidentally let Phoba out, he didn't bother fucking looking for her. And when I came home, she was like stuck on a tree. Mm-hmm. And I'm so lucky. Like Boba doesn't like parent. I know that's why I know Boba doesn't like getting DUI. Because she didn't get too high on the tree. She was like within arm's reach and she was like stuck. And oh, like I got her down baby. and brought her inside. And um, maybe that's why her arms are so buff. She was just hanging there holding <laughs> for, on. Like, for how long? Yeah. <laughs> oh, she's man. ripped, dude. She's a pretty, she's a good girl. Yes. She? I don't know. She's not in her tree. She must be on the bed. Yeah, definitely on the bed. So, so <laughs> Daniel. Let's the dogs out. Lassie dies. Girl cries. Then, well, does Lassie die? I feel like Lassie gets hurt. She's bleeding a lot. But they never say that she dies. Like. They take her to do something. They, they take her to the. The hospital. The hospital. And then like. Um, I think she's just in like critical condition, but she's not dead. She's just hurt really bad. And then like. Daniel finds out that, like, the Jack Russell Terrier was returned by the Polish guy. Yeah, because the Jack Russell Terrier was just, like... Too much. Being a piece of shit. 
it was too much for the Polish guy who wanted basically a lap dog. Yeah, because the dog is just not very tameable. We've seen that. The dog is very hard to train. So so then they're like, we can train him now. So then uh, they start training the Jack Russell Terrier again. And he talks to the girl. And he's like, she's like, I understand what happened. And he's like, do you, are you mad at me? She's like, I she's like, I get it. Like, you're upset at a bunch of shit. Like, you know, because like her mom and grandma or whatever the fuck are like, hey, yeah, Lassie got hit by a car. But Daniel's got a lot of shit going on. He doesn't know how to process it. His dad's being a fucking jerk about it all. Right. So. We didn't even mention that while all of this is going on, that's... when the whole legal battle that, you know, inevitably every dog movie has to have, the legal battle in this movie is that Daniel's dad is oh, in fuck. real he... estate or construction. And they're going to get rid of the are- super dog arena. Yes, they're going to tear it down and open up a fucking strip mall or something. And... The grandma, Mrs. Longbottom. (laughs) Don't spit out your beer. Mrs. Longbottom uh, obviously doesn't want the Superdogs Arena to go away. I think it's very strange that, like, Daniel's dad is the one who's, like, involved in this project from the opposite side, considering the fact that, like, his wife was very involved with the super dogs. You think that he would be on their side and being like, no, we shouldn't tear it down and build a strip mall. But for whatever reason, I I just really wish they explained this. You know, makes- give me one fucking line of dialogue. Tell me what's going on. Yeah. But basically, he or he's an architect. I don't fucking it's know. Something he has to do with the the arena being demolished. Yeah. And so, like, the first, like, every time he meets up with Mrs. Longbottom, she's trying to convince him, hey, don't tear down the arena. And he's like, I don't know, I gotta do it. It's part of my job or whatever. And I don't know. I wonder if he's just like, no hurt feelings, Mrs. Longbottom. It's just business, business, business. Yeah. And she's like. I'm going to go hungry and eat cat food if I don't have my <laughs> arena. <laughs> and like, Grandma's going to be eating kibble. So, so they start training the dog. Mm-hmm. And keep in mind, by this point, we're what, like an hour into the fucking movie? Yeah, this is at like, least. So, so then mom's best friend slash girl's mom. See, it's so fucking confusing. Like, <laughs> And Miss Longbar, I'm like, oh, Daniel's here. I'll let you guys do your thing. And they talk, and she's like, yeah, I don't have hard feelings about it. I get it. And she like, she kisses Daniel. Yeah, they kiss. This was actually at Daniel's grandma's house. That was Daniel's. I thought it was yes. Mrs. Gr- I thought that was Miss Longbottom's. No, no, no. Because Daniel was at his grandparents' house at this time, being he was like quarantined from his friends. Oh, you only didn't even mention like. When like Daniel found his dad's like stash of stuff and like it was like <gasps> we didn't even talk about that and the whole fucking like knock on the the heart, oh my god, yeah <laughs> like there's uh they go to well wait a second hold on that was at Mrs Longbottom's house, 
Yeah, that's, it makes no sense. So is Mrs. Longbottom his dead wife's mom? Then that would make them cousins. That's weird. Unless. 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 <laughs> unless. Unless girl's mom slash Daniel's mom's best friend merely works for Mrs. Longbottom at the arena. Dude, I honestly don't fucking know. It doesn't know. make sense. I have no idea. They don't. And then we didn't even fucking mention that there's a black woman who Ooh, is... Who's black in this movie? You don't remember the black woman who is Daniel's teacher who also lives with Mrs. Longbottom and Daniel's mom's friend and calls them sister and mom. I don't remember her at all. Yes! She's like integral to the plot, dude. Apparently not because we've been getting by telling it without her. <laughs> but she's <laughs> like, we didn't even mention her, dude. But she is involved. And like, we're like, well, hold on a second. So like, how is she? How is she her sister? Oh my god. Is she adopted? What's the logic here? They don't fucking explain any of it. You're just supposed to like walk along and watch the story and go along with it and not ask questions. Because there's um a scene in the beginning of the movie where like uh the black woman is talking with Daniel's dad and uh she mentions that like oh um they were talking about the uh the the old polish guy that okay. the kids thought was weird and they're like oh uh the black woman was like well i know what it's like to be seen as different to be treated different and uh and the dad was like oh cuz you're black <laughs> And then the woman like looks at her reflection in the car. She's like, "Oh, am I black?" <laughs> and it was it was pretty funny. <laughs> but like, so like the movie acknowledges that like she's black, okay? Like we're aware that she's black. But like, but could you maybe explain like how she's part of a family of white people? Like, am I supposed to just like assume like is she a half sibling? Because she's not, like, super dark-skinned. But it's like, is she adopted? I don't know. Like, why can't you just take two fucking seconds to, like, slip something in? Like, you know? So, it's bad when I'm asking for exposition. You know? So, so Jesus Christ. There's a point when, Throw like... Throw me a bone here. There's uh, a milk bone? Um, Throw so, me a milk bone. So there's, like, a, a part where there's some... Awkward ass editing. I remember what the scene came after, but like all of a sudden they're in the car, and Daniel's like, um, looking through his dad's like old photos. Like, yes, who's that? He's like, who's she? Pauline, my first girlfriend. She looks kind of uh. Kind of homely. <laughs> uh, to me, she was the most beautiful girl in the world. What's the magical formula again? Ikari, Akari, Ukari, and? Open sesame on demand. 
Did you make that up? I don't know. I can't remember. Open sesame one, two, three. Bippity boppity boop. Some. It's something super generic. But I'm like, open what? Like, you're talking about a girl right now. Let's be fucking real. Like, like if you're dealing with like contextual, like following conversation, like what? Daniel, what are you trying to open with you know magic what? words? Are you getting at like, are you talking about like opening legs? Yeah, what that's what, that's what I was thinking. What are you talking about here? Like, I was like, Daniel. And it's this like recurring little like mantra that they say to each other. Which makes no fucking sense. It doesn't make any fucking sense. I don't understand what the fuck they're opening still. So anyway, it, we're, we work towards the end of the movie. Then we just had to whip way back to that fucking fuck, fucking scene. That was early on in the movie. So then um, they were like having a picnic, right? And like the Jack Russell Terrier is like derping around with uh, fat Asian and Daniel and Daniel's like grandma and grandpa. And then they're like, your girlfriend and an Asian's like, don't say girlfriend fat. You know that he's going to be like, she's not my girlfriend. But then and then like, and then they look at him and there's like a there's like an awkward silence. And then. And then Daniel's like, I didn't say anything. And they're like, whoa, what do you mean? He's like, we kiss. Which again like, doesn't make you make you a girlfriend. And they were like, <gasps> "What was it like? What did it feel like?" Like bags of sand. <laughs> <laughs> now, what does he say? Better than fudge? Yeah. <laughs> I know. We were like, "What the fuck does that even Babe, mean?" What does it feel like to kiss me? It's better than fudge. It's better than fudge. <laughs> so, but, it, but then, like after Daniel goes to, like talk play with the fucking Jack Russell Terrier some more, like. Asian and the fact like what the fuck does that mean better than fudge like which I'm glad they asked because like we were like what the fuck does that even mean and we we're like and we like a stupid like I was like did they watch American Pie and they're like like warm apple pie we need then we're like we need to make that but like you know for kids <laughs> well, how can we make this this American Pie existed at this time it did. So we were like, we're the we're the writers, kind of like we're gonna slipping in a subtle reference, or like, like you know, we're the writers. Like that's a great euphemism. <laughs> like I'll be real right now. It I is, don't know. It is a bit like warm apple pie. We have discussed American Pie on the podcast. Have before. we? I don't recall. We did. Remember, um, Amy came in and told us about the fact that God a, damn it, that I, American Pie is actually like twenty fucking movies. Yeah. So unbelievable. But like, you know, that's a great it's Canadian like, pie. <laughs> it's like something with maple. Like, why haven't they done that yet? Why is Canadian? I'd be like, let's fucking go. Let's go. Canadian pie. Canadian pie. <laughs> and you just do a parody of like the a raunchy Canadian American pie. comedy. Amazing, dude. Someone pay me for that fucking idea. That's gold. I've had three beers and what's, I what's believe a Cana- that's What's a Canadian gold. instrument? Uh. Uh. One time at banking, we put my French horn up my pussy, like <laughs> my can my my French Canadian horn. Fucking. <laughs> I don't know. Instruments are all just kind of like like European. Yeah, they they <laughs> are much. especially like fucking you know brass. Yeah. Pretty much. Fucking. Woodland, woodlands. Anyway, 
Anyway. So we're drinking, folks. We're having a good time. I'm not usually, gotta, I'm not usually drunk on the podcast, but I am this week this week. So dude, Henry, you deserve it. Like you got through finals, and this is like the first weekend we can actually like. I only got a 3.8 this quarter. Only a 3.8. He's an Asian, not a Bijan. This is true. <laughs> Steal my fucking joke. Yep. <laughs> so stealing something from an Asian, I'm white. That's what I'm supposed to do. But like it's in my blood. You know. It's still an A. Exactly. You're doing great, hon. You're doing great. Am I, am I still an honor roll? I don't know. I don't know. I, You're an honor roll in my heart. I was graduated my last degree. I didn't even realize it till afterwards. I was fucking on the fucking president's list. I was like, oh, wow. all right. You don't, yeah. but, so uh, we're just like, we're having a good time this weekend. We're celebrating. But also we kind of have to like numb the pain of talking about this goddamn, dog, movie. This goddamn movie. I hate dog movies more than I ever did before, for the record. Like, this has made me hate dog movies. Really? I didn't like dog movies, but now I fucking hate dog movies. Wow. There's no good ones. Canine's good. No. <gasps> Canine wasn't actually good. It was just <gasps> wasn't bad. Blasphemy. I love, I've been like, kind of today... When when you were at work and I was here by myself, I was thinking about sneaking your canine VHS and like taking it home with me because I've been wanting to watch it again so bad. You're silly, even though it's available on like Netflix. It is not. We watch it at your house streaming. So after after they kiss and they go to the fucking uh picnic. They have a picnic. With all his friends, and he drops the bomb that he lost his V card <laughs> in Canada. What the fuck? Canadian V card. <laughs> Twenty minutes later, they go to the picnic. They go to the picnic. He says it's like he says it's like fudge. And then it's better than fudge. it's better than fudge, <laughs> which fair fair. Uh, I mean, fudge is good, but I'm not a chocolate guy. No, me neither. It's too rich. Yeah, we've discussed this on the podcast as well. I don't like. I'm very much a vanilla person. Yeah, I will fight anyone that says vanilla is plain. <gasps> I have so many things to say about vanilla. We got vanilla. ice cream. Night. We did. We went to this local ice cream place. After we ran a 5K, we're like, we need to treat ourselves. Yes. <laughs> and you got like a raspberry. Raspberry ribbon. Delicious. But and yes. then I got like a blackberry cheesecake. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And did, like homemade waffle cones. Yeah. The, we Delicious. went to a local local spot here in Seattle. Yes. So, so good. Everything, all the ice cream there is made like in house. Like, yeah. We could go to Menchie's and get Froyo so we can be health conscious since we just did a 5K. Or we can go to this local place and get home handmade ice cream. Hell yeah. When in Rome, when in Seattle, you go to the local hipster place. Just that's what you do. The that's term the is artisanal. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's the way to do it. So, anyway. Uh, this movie. What so, happens after the picnic? Is this I, why we keep diverging? So I'm- after the picnic is when they go to the final Superdog show. Mm, okay. And we see another Superdog show. We get the Superdog announcer and we see 
um, the Jack Russell Terrier and Daniel and girl. And they're like, OK, here we go. And we see the dog perform. Yes. And then at the last at the end of it, we see the Borzoi come home. Mm-hmm. Wolf finds his way home. In true homeward bound fashion. So. Here's a fun story. We're saving you a drunken 10-minute-long anecdote about Henry's mom letting his dog go when he was at school, only for the dog to beat his mom back to the house. So, like, uh, <laughs> then we get... That's the end of the movie. Oh, the, yeah, the final Superdog show. We get, we get more footage of the Superdog show. And the Jack Russell Terrier does really good. And the Borzoi comes home. And then everyone lived halfway around. Except the mom. Except the mom, she died. So like, <laughs> yeah, that's the movie. This movie fucking sucked. This I was strangely, I was like, there was times when the movie is strangely compelling. Yeah, like you were like, I don't want to watch this, or like you had schoolwork to do yeah, or something. I was, I was and you're like, I gotta go work on shit. But I was like, hold on, I want to keep watching this movie. Like, I was a little intrigued by it because it wasn't what I expected. There's, yeah, there's so much melodrama and there's so much you're like, wait, what? There's so many interpersonal, like, connected issues. And they don't really explain them. And so I'm kind of, like, watching, hoping that they will kind of, like, you know, flesh out a bigger picture. But they never really do. So I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? So the super dogs, we were expecting superior dogs. And <laughs> instead, what we got was a dog and pony show without the ponies. <laughs> and um Yeah. Um there was so if you go on um I don't know if it's IMDB or whatever, but like you can search the uh there's like a dog movie tag and you can see like dog movies and they're all ranked turner and hooch is number three which is like if that's the if that's the number three best dog movie we're in trouble okay but like number two is a movie called best in show which was much later than vhs era i want to say it was like 2018 or something like that it's a much more recent movie but it's kind of like a mockumentary style movie about um, dog show dogs. So, I mean, apparently movies about dog show dogs can, you know, uh, attract an audience and be, you know, well-renowned. Babe, can you stop? Can you stop checking chicks out for five seconds? This okay? is this is girl. Uh-huh. She's the voice of Caillou. Caillou? Caillou! No. After the original actor for Caillou fucking died in a car crash. Holy shit. That's what that face I was making was. Oh, I thought you were just like checking her out or something. No, I'm looking up. Well, first of all, her last name is very similar to mine. But second of Bovert. all, huh. but second of all, like she took over the title character of Caillou after the previous voice actress Jacqueline, like 
Lenetsky died in a car crash. It's the Caillou curse. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, so apparently people like to see dog show dogs, but maybe in a little more of a tongue in cheek kind of way. They don't really want to see them in like a serious. Maybe in like a more serious way. Uh, Daniel and the Super Dogs was not a movie about super dogs. The dogs barely played any part. The dog show was extremely insignificant. Um, it was more about a grieving child. Yeah. And uh, no one really wants to fucking watch that. I'm sorry. This movie has, let's see. Um, here is the only review on Letterboxd by someone named Dan Cronin. Two stars. My mother is in therapy. I will never smile again. The sun will never shine as bright because this movie has made it impossible to feel joy in my life anymore. I liked the Borzoi, though. <laughs> I mean, sure. Yeah, I mean, Wolf. Wolf found his way home. Wolf is a smart dog. He's a creepy looking dog. But, uh, I mean... Why did he get shot at? <laughs> we'll never know. We'll never know. There's a lot of unanswered questions after watching this. Um, but that kind of makes it strangely compelling. So in a way, do I hate Daniel and the Super Dogs? No. I kind of have some strange, unexplainable fondness for it. It was interesting. It just wasn't what you're expecting. No, I was not expecting it at all. Um... But no, I didn't hate it. It's not. I didn't hate it at it's all. not. It's not. Uh, it's not hateable. No, we've definitely watched hateable movies on here. We've watched movies that have made us very angry. I've watched movies I want to destroy like Jane Doe. Yeah, I've watched movies that made me stalk the owner. I've watched movies where I have ended up stalking the goddamn director to find out who the you're responsible for this goddamn atrocity like jane doe like jane doe <laughs> jane doe made us very mad jane I doe took us three or four times to record an episode because i just ended up going off on a tangent and raging earlier in the podcast there was one of our like pre-jane doe episodes where i said something along the lines of like this didn't make me mad to the point where like i hate something so much it makes me mad and you asked me for an example of a movie that does that for me and I couldn't come up with an exact example. But then we watched Jane Doe. And ever since then, we've used Jane Doe as like the poster child example of a movie that's so bad it makes us angry. It really did make me angry. I don't yeah. usually get I don't. It does. It does takes a lot to get me angry. I feel like mm -hmm. I'm not a very angry person. I mean, either. I've I used to not be. I used to be very angry, but I've learned a lot. But Jane Doe brings it all right back, throws all that, yeah. all that work out the window. And like last episode or the episode before, I mentioned that we always end up talking about it because we're traumatized by Jane, it. And we need I to. have fucking PTSD from Jane yeah, Doe. Yeah, fuck that movie. But like, so whenever we talk about a movie and like how it makes us feel, inevitably that's kind of like our extreme on the negative end that we compare it to. And I think that like, when we compare something like Daniel and the Super Dogs to Jane Doe, 
it doesn't make me mad. There's nothing about it that makes me really mad. Maybe the whole, like, your mom died and you can't have your dog either. That made me mad, but not that mad. Um, It was melodramatic and I wasn't expecting that. But once I kind of got over that, I was like, you know what? Uh, I kind of care for these characters. I want to see what happens. The dogs don't really play that much of a part. Which is really unfortunate because I wanted more dogs. Yeah, the way that they advertise it is very much on, like dog centric. But on, on the box, we get what there's three dogs on the box, and only thirty three percent of the dogs shown on the box actually have a name. Mm-hmm. And that's not even like that's not even talking about the back of the box where you see even more fucking dogs. Right. And like the dogs are front and center. Like that's the dead dog. Mm-hmm. That's, that's do- the that's last dog that got hit by the And then dog. we have like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven other dogs that have no name. And then we have uh, the Borzoi. Oh, we forgot to mention like the, the legal battle. They get enough signatures on the petition that the Super Dogs Arena stays open. Yeah. Yeah. There's no conflict. <laughs> no. Um. So think about it this way. Air Bud was a dog movie with melodrama added to it. Daniel and the Super Dogs is a melodrama melodrama movie with dog elements added to it. So it's kind of like It's a melodrama they were like we need to make it Canadian. And so <laughs> they they yeah. they throw on 2 minutes of Super Dogs. Yeah. So it's and I mean the super dog show that they actually show kind of sucks because it shows them all doing the same exact thing. They don't vary up the course or anything. It's like they're all doing the same fucking tricks and going through the Who same course. Who the fuck course. makes their dogs do these things anyway? Like, Dude, I don't know. It's like Just let your dog exist. It's like child pageants, like child beauty pageants. Which I think is also fucked up. Exactly. But like with dogs... That it's like you're just using something that you view as like below you and exploiting it to like make yourself feel better. Daniel and the Super Dogs. Did I like it? No. Uh, did I hate it? No. It's it was, in this kind of like gray area. It was just compelling for the wrong reasons. Yes. Would I watch it again? Maybe. Maybe. I would the only reason I would watch Daniel and the Super Dogs again is to maybe try to pick up on like one little line of dialogue where maybe they explain some things that I don't quite understand. But that does open me up to a lot of like disappointment that I just wanna know how everyone's like related. Like I think we they there's probably like one line of dialogue we slept through where they were like, and this is the mom's cousin's best friend. Yeah, or something, dude. Something. Give me, give me something. That like I did. I don't know. Like, I I kind of like it. So, this movie was uh, it was something. Yeah, I don't know. So I think that does about wrap it up for Magic Dogs, which was very disappointing. Yeah, Next- my Magic Dog. You know, my ma- fine. Oh, yeah, I guess we had to choose a winner. Yeah, I guess my magic dog is the more coherent film out of the two of them. But man, when I think about what movie do I want to watch? 
That's just because we got more questions because it wasn't a good movie enough the first time. I mean, but okay. Who's who's the better dog? Oh god. Who's the top dog? Well, for the record, we don't see the magic dog. Yeah, we do. Most Lucky? of the, most of the time we don't cuz he's invisible. No, no, no. When we see it through the through Toby's perspective, we do see him. I think he's a better dog. You think so? The Borzoi almost got shot doing nothing. Like The Borzoi is creepy looking, but he's very smart. He finds his way home. So did my dog, and like I just told you, my dog wasn't very smart. Um hmm. And then the Jack Russell Terrier just never I mean he technically redeems himself, but like we're so far removed from him for most of the movie that yeah, it's like, like I don't half the movie is with the Polish guy. Yeah. That like Wolf is, I would say, like in Daniel and the Superdogs, Wolf is the dog that's shown the most. He has a character arc. Wolf is shown the most, and even still, that's barely at all. Yeah. So. Does Lucky win by default? Lucky wins by default. really hard for me it's really hard for me because like okay daniel and the super dogs is barely about the super dogs yeah it's about daniel and like his dead mom and girl and his stupid dad which dog is the better actor lucky, lucky. Mm-hmm. without a doubt because like the other dogs didn't act Wolf just like walks. Yeah, he just they're like, go here. Well, Wolf can like jump and shit. Just not acting. Mm. Lucky could act. Carry this. Go here and like do this. That's really fucking hard. That's really hard. Lucky was an actor. I say it was because he's probably dead now. Shit. I mean, there's no Wikipedia article, so I don't know. Well, it was the movie made. Um, uh, my magic dog. Yeah, ninety-seven. Oh, that dog's dead. Holy <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, shit! The dog almost thirty years old. Yeah, it's twenty-five. Mm-hmm. But or twenty-four. Yeah, yeah. The dog's dead. Shit. Uh. I'm gonna go hug my cat after this. Fuck, man. Uh, my magic dog wins <clears throat> to me. Yeah? So, out of the stupid fucking dog movies we watched this week, my magic dog wins. By a long shot. And that puts... That's next week, the final week of Doggist. Yes. Because next week, our episode is going up on almost the last day of dog of August. Mm-hmm. I must just call it Doggist. It is Doggist. <laughs> next because, week, our last we ep- so. our last episode goes up on the last, the second last day of Doggist, depending on when I edit it. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's when we're going to go over who is the top dog of our dog. Because we have our 
top cop dog, our top sports dog, mm -hmm. our top magic dog. Yes. And which of those is the definitive dog movie to watch? Right. So. Um, That's next week. Man, it's tough. But uh, we'll, uh, we'll give it to Lucky. We'll give it to Lucky for my magic dog. And then next week, join us for the finals where we discuss the top, top dog. The dog of all dog movies on VHS. I wanted this to be more of a bracket, but we ended up not making as much of a bracket as it. It's dogist and we do whatever the fuck we want, so. The dog eat dog world. <laughs> exactly. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit our website, vhsaturday.com. Join our mailing list to get all updates to VH Saturday. We still have stickers available. If you're interested, please send us a DM on any of our social media platforms. And we will see you next week. But until then, remember, be, be kind, kind, rewind. rewind. Thank you.